the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today. We're together each and every day from 3 to 5 right here on this station talking about issues of the day from a Christian perspective. You know, I think one of the most interesting things sometimes about a person is their name, right? Sometimes we say a name really fits you. And there's some one of the biggest honors that we have in our life is when we get to name our kids and the name they will carry. It's usually something about you that you convey in that name or where you come from or what your biggest hopes are for them. And, you know, if you read the Bible, the names have a lot of meaning, especially in the Old Testament, and God's names have a lot of meaning. And I want to talk about this. Joining me to talk about this is Rabbi Kurt Schneider. He is the host of Discovering the Jewish Jesus and is the author of a brand new book that is about this. It's called To Know Him by Name. Rabbi Schneider's show can be seen and heard nationally and all over the world, in fact, on radio and television and online. And you can also hear him right here on KKLA 99.5 in LA, weekdays at one o'clock. And you can hear him in San Diego on K-Praise every single weekday at 11.30 a.m. Rabbi Schneider, welcome back to the Pastor Scott Show. Blessings to you, my friend, Pastor Scott, and to all our listeners and viewers today. Good to be with you. It's great to have you here. You know, it has um, been a while since you've been on our show. We haven't talked since the October 7th attacks happened in Israel. And I thought, you know, so much has happened since then and around the world. How did that impact you? And, and you know, what does it look like now? Well, it impacted me very deeply because I was in Israel when, uh, when the uh, war broke out. I don't know mm. if we talked that time or not. Did I share that with you? No, I didn't know you were there. Yeah, yeah, I was in Jerusalem, my wife and I, when the war broke out. And so I was very, very marked by it. And it really sent me on a, a deep historical quest to more fully understand the whole region and to really understand what's going on in Israel. Uh, people need to go back before 1948. A lot of times evangelicals, when they try to understand the Palestinian-Israeli conflict, they begin in 1948 when Israel was declared as a nation, and immediately they were attacked by all the Arab nations that surrounded them. And uh, it's important, though, to really go a bit deeper. And here's really the way I see it. So what happened was uh, Yeshua's disciples, Jesus' disciples, were with him one day. It's recorded in the Gospels. And they were looking and marveling at the temple. And Yeshua said, in response to their looking and marveling at the temple, he said to you, not one stone of it will be left standing upon another. That's right. Because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. How often he said in one of the Gospels, I wanted to gather you together like a chick gathers its hens under her, like a hen gathers its chicks under her wings, but you would not. Behold, your house is being left to you desolate. So Jesus was prophesying the destruction of the temple and also in another part of the Gospel, the destruction of Jerusalem. And he cited as a, the primary reason for that 
as being they did not receive him, the Prince of Peace, the Sar Shalom. And sure enough, uh, according to Jesus' word, uh, history unfolded just as he prophesied. So in 70 AD, the Romans came in and destroyed the temple, and the Jewish people scattered out of Jerusalem and Israel all to, all, to the, all the nations of the world. And this is called uh, the Diaspora. Mm. So think about this. 70 AD, the Romans uh, come into Jerusalem, destroy the temple, uh, destroy the city. The Jewish people scatter to all the nations of the earth. And for, so now it's been almost 2,000 years since 70 AD. And since that time, think about this, Pastor Scott. I really want our listeners to understand this because most Christians are are, are really kind of only seeing this conflict one-dimensionally. I am 100% pro-Israel. I want them to completely eradicate Hamas, even though I don't believe that's going to really solve the problem because Hamas is an ideology. Hamas right. is just one of the uh, the groups that espouses the, espouses the ideology. So I want to see Hamas destroyed, but I believe the same ideology is going to pop up in another terrorist organization. But I still believe in Israel uh, destroying Hamas. I support Israel 100%. I support their right to exist 100%, but I want to go a little deeper today. Jesus prophesied that the Jerusalem, that Jerusalem would be destroyed, the people would be scattered, because they did not recognize the time of their visitation. Now, when Israel was dispersed and scattered to the nations of the world, who was left living in that land? It were it was Arabs. Yeah. And 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 the uh, the Romans renamed Israel Palestine, to mock them and taunt them, they named it Palestine after their ancient enemy, the Philistines. Yeah, to mock the uh, to Israelites. Exactly, exactly. So, so from from approximately seventy AD around that time frame, it's called Palestine now. Name has been changed. Arabs are mostly living there. Jewish people are in the world, being persecuted wherever they went, and finally, uh, the persecution got so extreme under Nazi Germany that the United Nations decided to partition what was then called Palestine and leave half of it for the Arabs and give the other half to the Jewish people. Now, the Jewish people accepted the partition plan, uh, and uh, the Arabs did not. And the way the evangelicals often tell the story is that, you know, well, Israel you know, really wanted peace, and they accepted the partition plan, and the Arabs, those terrible people, they would not accept the partition plan. They've been unreasonable from the very beginning. But we have to understand. We, I just I, I stand with my people a thousand percent. I wanted to I wanted to be in Israel through the entire war. But my wife, you know, basically, you know, I feel she heard from the Lord, and it was time for us to leave after the war broke out after a few days. Yeah. But think about this. Of course, the Arabs did not accept the partition plan because previously the whole land was theirs, right? I mean, basically, you're taking their house and cutting it in half. And Israel, of course, did accept the partition plan because they didn't have any land at all. So finally, the United Nations gave them this land because they were so grieved that Jewish people had been persecuted for so long. Now, why was Israel attacked when it was birthed as a nation immediately in 1948? Because the Arab nations that, sur that, that surrounded them felt like land had be ta been taken from them because all of a sudden the United Nations says this part of this region now is now Israel when previously only Arabs were living there for the most part. So that's the root of the conflict. The root of the conflict is Arabs have been living there for almost 2,000 years, ever since the Romans had come in and destroyed the temple and the Jewish people were dispersed to the nations. Arabs have been the majority living there 
But when the United Nations divided the land in half, the Arabs felt like their house was cut in half. And that's why Israel was attacked by all its Arab neighbors immediately upon the, the birth of their, you know, as a nation. Now, the thing that, that, that I think is important that grieves me, I hope this provides just a little bit of context here that we can at least understand why the Arabs would feel the way they do. I mean, it's understandable. If someone came, if you owned a, ha- a half acre of land, let's say your house is an on a half acre, and you, you've been living there for, you know, from the time that you've been an adult, and all of a sudden the government or the mu- local, go- you know, municipality or local government where your house is comes in and tells you, hey, listen, um, we're going to take half of your home here, and we're going to give it to this, you know, to this minority group here. I mean, you would be upset too, right? I mean, that's just human nature. Sure. So that's what the Arabs felt. And that's what's fueling the conflict today. So I think we need to have understanding as to why this is going on. And I think in addition to supporting Israel, 100%, God gave them the land. God said to Abraham, to this land, I will give you and your descendants. It was unconditional. However, in the Mosaic Covenant, God made the covenant of Israel living in the land peacefully, conditionally. The land is Israel's, but in order for them to live in the land peacefully, they have to be be walking in alignment with God. Mm. Okay, so right now in Israel, approximately six to eight thousand homes believe in Jesus. In Israel today, only about six to eight thousand Jewish homes believe that Jesus is the Messiah. The rest of Israel, it's a, it's, a, it's a population of about 7 million Jews, they reject Jesus. So this is bigger than just supporting so, Israel. It's yeah. about, this is about the kingdom. This is about Yeshua as Lord. This is about every knee shall bow and tongue confess that Yeshua is Lord. And there'll be no lasting peace in Israel, or for that matter in the world, until Yeshua is reigning on earth. And Yeshua will not be reigning on earth until there's a massive Jewish people that have come to him by faith, have received him as the Messiah, and are calling upon him to return. Yeshua said to the Jewish people, unless you say, uh, he said, you will not see me again until you say, Baruch HaBaba, Shemadonai, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. So Jesus is saying, you're not going to see me again until you're calling out for me to return. Mm. So what's critical right now, and what we should be praying for, is that the Lord will raise up fiery Jewish evangelist in Israel that will boldly confront the Jewish culture and religion there, boldly confront them with the gospel of King Yeshua Mashiach, and with their bold proclamation of the gospel, what has to happen, Pastor Scott, is irrevocable signs and wonders need to follow the preaching of the word. That's how the church was built in Israel originally, and that's how the church is going to break out again in Israel. Do you think that's something that is going to happen now? A lot of people say this might be, uh, you know, signs of the end times, or is it unknown? How do you, how do you view that? Well, what I view is is two things. First of all, let me tell you this: story. I just got back from the NRB conference, yeah, and I ran into one of the leading messianic pastors in Israel in Nashville just last week. And that's National uh, Religious Broadcasters NRB. Yes. And I was talking to him in the hallway there, and I told him what, and he's in Israel. He's in like one of the biggest works in, in Israel. I said to him, what Israel needs right now is bold evangelists that are preaching the gospel, not trying to do it all relationally, but boldly proclaiming it, not being afraid of the persecution with, with, uh, with un- 
unquestionable signs and wonders that follow the preaching of the gospel. And as I was sharing this with him in the hallway, about 50 feet away from me was a young woman, about 40 years old, looking at me, beeline, just staring right at me. I saw she was wanting to talk to me, Pastor Scott. Yeah. So in a few, you know, after sharing with Pastor, with this pastor there, Israel needs bold evangelists that will confront the Jewish population with the gospel and have signs and wonders following the preaching of the word. As I'm sharing that, this girl staring at me, I call her over, this Jewish pastor in Israel standing right next to me. And I say, yeah, I see you've been staring at me. I said, you know, how? what can I do for you? She said, Rabbi, she said, last year when I was at the NRB conference, you were here and you laid hands on me. I had MS and I'm healed. Hmm. That's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And it was right next to this Jewish pastor that I was telling that you need to stop being relational. You need to start preaching the gospel. I mean, it's good to be relational. But I mean, you know, what's happening in Israel right now, that's all pretty much undercover the evangelism. Yeah. What needs to happen needs to break out in power and in fire, just like in the early church with irrefutable signs and wonders following. That's how the gospel is going to break forth in Israel. And what will happen is a, a, a critical mass will come to faith. And this critical mass will call upon the name of the Lord, which will usher in Jesus' return. At the same time that this is happening, Israel is going to go through tremendous pain. Ezekiel mm. prophesies this, that, you know, that so much of it's going to be destroyed, even Jerusalem. But at the, the last minute, the Lord is going to appear in the sky and break in as this critical remnant of Jewish believers call upon him to return. And then when Yeshua returns, all the remaining Jews that are alive in Israel and around the world will see him, according to the book of Zechariah. They will look on him with a pierced, and all Israel that's alive on planet Earth will be saved at that time. You know, the Bible lays out all of this stuff, uh, you know, what's going to happen at the end times. I think people often don't, Christians often don't realize how much of this is in the Old Testament and not just the book of Revelation, that the Old Testament speaks of the return of Christ to Israel, uh, I think, more than the New Testament, actually, uh, as far as the number of words and verses and places. Well, this is the reason I wrote my new book, Know Him Name, Discovering the Hebrew Names and Titles of God, because when we know the Hebrew roots of our Christian faith, it so strengthens us. It gives us so much clarity about who God is and what he wants to do for us. And so in To Know Him By Name, I first of all talk about the name of the Creator in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God. The Hebrew there is Elohim. Mm -hmm. And Elohim is actually God in the plural form. The word El means God. Elohim is God in the plural And isn't it interesting that as we continue to read there in Genesis 1 and 2, the Lord says, let us make man in our image. Who's the us? Traditional rabbis say he was talking to the angels, but he couldn't be talking to the angels because we are created in the image of the angels. We're created in the image of our maker, God. And so who was God talking to? He was talking to his son that's been in his bosom from eternity. Here's the point. God is multidimensional. Elohim is God in the plural. And God is multidimensional. He has relationship within himself. The Son has always been in the bosom of the Father. So I unpack all this in my book, To Know Him By Name. Then the Lord actually reveals his name to Moses. That's right. This is the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Rabbi Kurt Schneider, and uh, he's the author of a new book, To Know Him By Name. And uh, you can hear Rabbi Schneider on this station at 1 o'clock in uh, L.A. and 1130 in the morning every weekday in San Diego, discoveringthejewishjesus.com. 
Uh, so keep on going in this. So the idea of the name of God, it tells us a lot of the character and uh, person of God. Well, it's so powerful. So the Lord said, comes to Moses in Exodus 3 and Exodus 6. He says to Moses, your forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, knew me as El Shaddai, God Almighty. But by my name, and then the Lord breathed his name out to Moses. It's composed of the four Hebrew letters, yud heh vav heh Most Semitic scholars believe that's pronounced a breathy Yahweh. So the Lord says to Moses, but by my name, Yahweh, they did not know me. This is my memorial name Mm. forever. Yahweh is the covenant name of God. It's used about 7,000 times in the Hebrew Bible. And then what Yahweh did is whenever Israel had a need, he would come to them and show him what he did for them in the covenant. So, for example, we begin with Yahweh coming to Israel and saying, I am Yahweh Yireh, I am the Lord, your provider. And then he comes again, he says, I am Yahweh Rofecha, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And he continues on and he, and he lets us who he is to us, his covenant people, by connecting his name to that which he wants to be to us. And that, you know, how do we, uh, how does a Christian who's going through and uh, look at these names, what's the best way? Maybe your book is a great resource for helping us understand what the names of God mean and the order that they are revealed to us. Well, it totally does. I mean, it's a great book. I mean, I'm not saying, well, I might sound like a salesman, but I'm not <laughs> trying to be a salesman. I'm trying to tell you that there's a lot of people that are probably listening right now that have never been exposed to this teaching and this material. Yeah. And be so blessed when they are, because we need to know the Hebrew roots of our faith. Jesus said to the woman of the well at John in John 4, woman, we know we worship for salvations from the Jews. The first verse in the New Testament, Matthew 1, 1, this is the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So the very first verse in the New Testament, pastor, is that we go back to the book of Genesis. So God wants his people to know him not just through the revelation of the New Testament, but for us to be rooted in the basis of Scripture, which all the uh, apostles were, the Old Testament. That's right. What's the, in your book here, we just have a couple of minutes here, what's the most important thing you'd like to have readers take away from your book? Well, I would say that a lot of times we think of God as so big, and he's so, you know, far away people sometimes conceive. But when God ha- reveals to us his personal name, Yahweh, What that does is help us grasp, Pastor, that our God is not just a cosmic power. He's a person. We created us in his own image in order to be a love partner with him. That's why the book of Revelation tells us in chapter 19 that our salvation experience culminates with what is called the marriage supper of the Lamb or the bride of Christ. Hmm. So understanding God's name helps us realize he's a person We can grieve him, we can hurt him, or we can bring him pleasure and joy by loving him. And it's important for us to relate to God in such a way that we not only look to him to do for us what we need him to do, but we also look to him understanding that we have a responsibility in this love relationship to love him. I think that's something that really helps people in the their growth with the Lord is understanding that he is a person, that he is our father, as Jesus would say. Uh, to pray for, that that's the basis of our relationship with him. 
is that? None. Yeah. Well, Rabbi, I really, really want to appreciate I appreciate you being on our program today. How can people get your new book, To Know Him by Name? Easiest ways are Amazon or go to my website, discoveringthejewishjesus.com. All right, Amazon.com or DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com. The book is called To Know Him by Name by Rabbi Kurt Schneider. And uh, Rabbi, I want to thank you for being with us today on the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, my brother, thank you for having me. It was a great interview. I really felt the fire of the Lord on me. And I just want to say that you are people. I hope I didn't sound like a salesman. I really believe there's a lot of um, insight here that can really bless and strengthen uh, God's people, my brothers and sisters in the Lord and Christ. Well, I know there is. And thank you for your perspective on everything going on. And God bless you. Thank you, my friend. All right, everybody, this is the Pastor Scott Show. You can follow us on socials at Pastor Scott Show, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and uh, what am I forgetting? Instagram, all of those. And you can get the podcast at Pastor Scott Show. At, look for the Pastor Scott Show on your favorite podcast app. We'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Everybody, welcome back to the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557 is the number. If you'd like to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. We just had Rabbi Kurt Schneider on from Remembering the Jewish Jesus, and you know he has a lot of uh, passionate things to say, obviously, about what's happening in Israel and what we need to know in order to know God better. And I wanted to remind you that our, our program called Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian is coming up on March 12th, and you need to get tickets right away to that. It's with Dennis Prager, our own Dennis Prager, and with Pastor Alan Jackson, who you also hear on this station. And it is a Jewish-Christian dialogue with Dennis Prager and Alan Jackson, and they're going to give a lot of perspective on things that are going on in the world today, on anti-Semitism, on what's happening in Israel, on anti-Semitism in particular in the United States, and uh, what do Jews believe about Jesus? What do Christians believe? What uh, are some ways that uh, we can understand each other better? I think it's something for everybody, so you don't have to be Jewish or a Christian to go. So we used to call it uh, Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile. That does cover everybody. So I want you to know that uh, Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian, uh, still everybody can go to that. And I think it's a great program. It's also entertaining. You know, Dennis is hilarious and uh, just a lot of uh, fun to be around. And so is uh, Pastor Alan Jackson. It's going to be hosted by the pastor of Shepherd Church, which is hosting the event. Dudley Rutherford, and uh, that is March 12th. It begins at 7 p.m. You want to get there a little bit early, and there's a VIP reception. You can get tickets for that. Uh, Go to kkla.com and click on the banner, Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian, and you can get all the information and get your tickets right there online. That's coming up very, very quickly, March 12th. It's uh, almost the end of February. Can you believe that? That That is remarkable. Well, we were talking about, is it or is it just the way it is? Does it always go this fast? People say, I can't believe how fast the year's going. I don't know. It seems like we're always saying that. You know, it is, we were talking about names and the importance of names. Do you have a name or did you name your your kids something that is interesting or meaningful? Or maybe you had a particular reason why you named your kid uh, a certain thing. Uh, what you have a story that you want to share with that 888-528-2557. You can give us a call now, 888-528-2557. Why did you name your kid what you named your kid? And how does that name fit? Is it a family name? Did you go with it because of the meaning? Did you get that baby book and it's got all the, the names in it and what, what do they mean? I think it's interesting, right? Because it is, and I'll tell you what, as a parent, you have this incredible 
responsibility and privilege to name another human being, to give them their name. This is what they're going to have their whole life, whether they like it or not. This is the name that they're going to have. I think it is it's a really incredible thing. My kids' names are James and John. And when Christy was pregnant with James, we signed up for that Ancestry.com, you know, go through all of our names. We thought, well, maybe family name would be good, right? And I, of course, I had all kinds of jokes about what to name our kids, you know, after uh, Star Trek characters or, you know, uh, Christy was not a fan of my jokes uh, related to how we name our kid. And I wasn't really serious about it. Uh, and although James's middle initial is T, and uh, being the Star Trek fan that I am and kind of a nerd, uh, James T. is uh, like James T. Kirk, captain of the Enterprise. And uh, so I kind of kept that close to the chest. And then we named him James it's James Theodore. Um, it's James Tiberius is the character's name. We did not name him Tiberius after Roman Empire Emperor, although I thought about it. Tiberius, that's a pretty cool name. It's just a better name these days for your dog. Uh, than it is a person. Because uh, that's what we do with uh, Roman emperor names. Nero, you know, Tiberius, that's a great name for a dog, not necessarily your kid. You probably don't want to name your kid Nero. Uh, what did you name your kid and why? 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. Or maybe it's your name uh, that uh, you really like the meaning of it. Anyway, we we went into that program and tried to find family names. You know, what are the family names that would be you know, maybe meaningful. And both my boys, James and John, people think because I'm a pastor that we named them after James and John in the Bible. And people always say, oh, the sons of thunder, you know, and and, uh, certainly we understood that reference. But that's actually not why we named them James and John. Uh, Their grandparents' names, their great-grandparents' names. So James is James Theodore. Those are the names of his, uh, one, James is uh, my great-grandfather and Theodore is Christie's uh, also great-grandfather. And John is John William. That is Christie's great grandfather, or one of them. And uh, William is uh, one of mine. I think it goes back four generations. The uh, the William thing there. And uh, there's all kinds of meaning, like with the name for that. But names also have a meaning. And hopefully, you look those things up. You know, sometimes people go to the Bible for their names. Right? Let's find a biblical name for our kid. Oh, how about let's name her Jezebel? Well, that sounds like a good name. You really should look that uh, name up. No one's naming their kid Judas. These Jude maybe, and maybe versions of that, right? But uh, you probably, or you might name your kid Jude, not Iscariot. Judas, not Iscariot. That became his last name. And there was two Judases that were the apostles, and uh, one of them was Judas Iscariot. He's the one who betrayed Jesus. And then there's another Judas, and he becomes later in the Bible Judas, not Iscariot. I think that's his last name because for the rest of his life, he certainly had to go around saying, "Yeah, my name's Judas. I'm not Iscariot. I'm not that guy." Uh, 888-528-2557. What did you name your kids? Uh, James, the meaning of his name, and I love it, the meaning of James is of Hebrew origin, comes from the name, uh, which basically Jacob is Yaakov, meaning supplanter or the one who follows. Uh, in the Bible, James is, obviously there's several in, you know uh, important James figures in there, but I like that name. It's the one who follows, basically the one who follows the Lord, who follows the the laws. It's kind of interesting too because if of the two boys, James is the the rule keeper, right? Of 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 the two, uh, that's how he does it. Uh, John. John's name is also of Hebrew origin, and it comes from Yohanan, meaning Yahweh is gracious or God is gracious. And that is his name. And that's what it means. It's what it actually means. And I think that is, you know, that's not why 
we named our boys James and John, but we certainly looked that up and we liked it. We thought, you know what, that's the why is because of family, but the names mean something. And when we think of our, our kids, they are blessings to us. And, you know, they are the, the they, it's just something that's really, really uh, important to us. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. What's the meaning of your kids' names? Why did you name your kids what you did? Or what's your name? And what is the meaning? And do you like it? Uh, what does it mean to you? 888-528-2557. Linnea in Ontario, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Go ahead and turn your radio down, Lene. Okay. Hi, go ahead, Lene. Get... Hi. Hi, go ahead. Um, well, I my parents had decided that they weren't going to have any family names when they decided to have kids. And yeah. The first two were named after my paternal um, grandparents. Um, and then my younger brother was named after my dad's best friend. I was the only one that my mom named. And... Um, I was named after a friend of hers, and the reason why my dad agreed with it was because there is a there was a botanist in the 16th century named Linnaeus. Uh, what does so, Linnae mean? What does the what does the actual name mean? Um, it's it's something to do with plants and and life, natural life. Okay. Um, because of the botanist back in the 16th century, it's a, it's a really big Scandinavian name. I, I looked it up. You want to hear it? Sure. Uh, of Swedish origin, it's derived from the name of Linnea borealis flower, also known as the twin flower. So you're named after a flower, and named after the Swedish botanist Carl Linnaeus. Who, yep. how, how about that? So you learn a lot about your name, and, but you were named after one of your mom's friends. Yes, yes, she had she had a friend huh. um, with that name. So. Well, that's that must have been a, quite an honor for the friend. Did you ever meet the friend? I did. I did on several occasions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's interesting. Well, Lene, uh, now you you can go look up your name there and uh, check out the history. It's pretty interesting. Yep. Thanks well, for thank you very thanks much. Thanks for calling. I the... find your show very interesting. Thank, thank you. you very much, Lene. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is a number. Why are you named what you're named? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Hey, uh, my name's Scott. You know what Scott means? I looked that up too. Uh, it's a person from Scotland. That's it. That's the entire meaning of 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 my name. It is of Scottish origin, and it's Old English or Old Norse, and it means Scotty, which refers to a person from Scotland. Uh, my parents aren't from Scotland, as far as I know, and uh, they just they liked it. Uh, and uh, that's how it was. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. Uh, Jose Jose says my hamster's name is. What is your hamster's name, Jose? <laughs> John Poe Junior. John Poe Junior. That's your your hamster's name. Yeah. So Poe, they call me Poe. So I wanted to name him Poe Junior, but then. My girlfriend was like, no, we got to add a name in front of it. So she added John. So John Poe Jr. John Poe Jr. Okay. that's You know what Jose means? You ever look into that? I did, but I forgot what it means. Uh, it's of Spanish origin, and it's a variant of the name Joseph, which has Hebrew roots. Uh, and it means he will add or God will increase. That's what your name means. So Jose means God will increase. 
And uh, that must be why we have two Jose's who work on our team today. One's doing the video and uh, one is doing the phones right now. <laughs> there you go. See, see, the names mean something ultimately. And uh, by the way, on the video, we are now on uh, we are now on Rumble. If you have a Rumble account or you want one, it's kind of like YouTube. Uh, go to Rumble and uh, Pastor Scott show is on Rumble. You can watch it at KKLA.com also right on the website here. But if you go to Rumble and look for the Pastor Scott show, you'll find us and you can watch us right there online live or any other time. All right, when we come back, I'll take your calls. A bunch of you are calling in about what does your name mean? And I think it's a fun conversation, an interesting one. So I'll take your calls when I get back um, in just a minute. I also have a funny story of my kids uh, who, when they looked up their names, they found some different meanings. And uh, we found out in kind of a funny way. I'll tell you that story when we come back. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We're on every day from 3 to 5. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter or X and uh, on now on Rumble and also on TikTok. Just look for at Pastor Scott Show and give us a follow at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. We're talking about names, and uh, my kids' names are James and John. And uh, when one day we're in the kitchen, and John, he must have been five or six, and he was making toast. And uh, we're just watching him, you know, he does that, but as long as he doesn't stick a knife down there or something, he's going to be okay. So he's making toast. He's on the stepladder. Little kid might have been five years old, I think, about that age. And he's getting frustrated with his toast. I think he burned one. He just had, there was something wrong. And I don't know, he just had some kind of angst. And something frustrating happened. And then all of a sudden, he screams this out. John says, Ah, oh, I'm just a toilet. That's what he said. He said, what do you mean you're just a toilet? He goes, that's my name. That's what you named me. Now, James, his older brother, is now rolling on the floor, dying laughing, because apparently they had gone to uh, Alexa or somewhere Googled, you know, what do these names mean? And John found out that uh, people use John as toilet. <laughs> And he thought that's what his name meant. And that was really bothering him, as you could imagine. So you got to be careful because we were able to explain, no, John means God is gracious. That's actually the, what that name means. So if your name is John, uh, that's what it means. I don't know where they, there's probably a reason that the other things happen, but uh, there's a worse one than that, too. Gladfully, you know, gratefully, he didn't find that. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. As you can tell as an older brother, that's something that you're never going to let him live down, that whole thing. Uh, Renee in Rancho Palos Verdes, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, thank you. Hi, Renee. Hi, Scott. All right, How go, are you? I'm good. Go ahead. Tell us about your children's names. Okay. Um, Carissa is our firstborn. It means full of grace. Her mm-hmm. middle name is Joy after the fruit of the Spirit. Um, Stephen is crowned one after the first martyr. And then we have John is a second name, and that means, I thought it meant gift of God. And then uh, Christy means little follower of Christ, and her middle name is Annalisa. Anna, after the one that um, got to witness the Messiah's birth. 
And I really can't remember what Lisa means. My name means so much to me. I was a PK, and um, I didn't know until after I was truly, truly born again uh, that my name meant born again. Um, uh, yeah, born again. Yeah, my name born is again. French, yes. Yeah, that's right. So, did you, uh, did, you uh, did you deliberately name your kids after those, uh, because of those meanings? Yes, we did. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lisa is a short form of Elizabeth, which is uh, pledge to God or God is my oath. Oh, beautiful! Thank yeah. you. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So my my husband's Don, and it means world conqueror. So hey. Oh, there you go. Hey, my dad's name is Don. Well, that explains a few things. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. All right, Renee. Well, thanks for calling. I did not know that about Renee that it meant born again. That's yes. that's amazing. Oh, I love my name. I use it all the time. That's great. So, that, Awesome. Thank you. Renee, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, no, Noberto? Is that is that right? Noberto? Norber- yes. Yeah, what's your name mean? Yes, uh, Dr. Uh, Pastor Scott, thank you so much. God bless you. My name is Norberto. My father's name was Norberto, too. And I was going to call my son Norberto, but uh, my wife told me that's not a common name. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know. Do you know what it means? No. All right. I'm going to see if I can find this up. The name Norberto is German is Germanic in origin, and it means uh it means north or bright or famous. You or a bright Northman or a famous Northman. Oh, okay. So Thank that, you. that that's what it means. So you're famous. You're on the Pastor Scott show now. So uh, ever you have lived up to your name. <laughs> Thank you so much for everything. God bless everybody there. All right. God bless you, Norberto. 888-528-2557. Richard and Torrance, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Hi. Um, what's the Hebrew origin of my daughter's name is Sophia Loren? Your daughter's name is Sophia Loren? Yes, Pastor. And is she named after the uh, the actress? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's all. Yeah, my, my wife is named after the actress, yeah. Oh, okay. So what's the Hebrew origin of Sophia Loren? Well, let's see here. Sophia, I believe, is going to be wisdom. I think I just know that probably comes from uh, Greek, actually, origins. It means wisdom. I knew that one off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Is it Lor? How do you spell Loren? L-O-R-E-N? L-O-R-E-N, yes. All right, just like the actress. Yes. Uh, let's see. It it it's just like Lauren or Laura, which come or Laurel, and it means a bay tree or a symbol of honor and victory. Oh, awesome! Beautiful. So uh, beautiful. Sophia Lauren, uh, wisdom and uh, honor and victory. That's pretty cool. Okay, one more. My son Isaiah Matthew. <laughs> you can probably also <laughs> look these up on uh, on the Google machine or one of those. Uh, it's uh, Isaiah, also Hebrew, of course, and it means Yahweh is salvation. And mm-hmm. uh, that's what that one means. And uh, Matthew is a gift from God. Yeah, because I'm trying to get across to him. When I call him Matthew, he's like, Dad, I don't like Matthew. I'm like, son, that's two prominent names in the Bible. That's Those right. beautiful names. Both Testaments there, uh, Old and New Testament, you know, yeah, not too bad. Well, so, beautiful. Yeah. I, I got I to sit down and talk to him about this. Yeah, well, since uh, your daughter is Sophia Loren? Yes. All right. Well, you could have named him Humphrey Bogart or uh, Brad Pitt or something. So that that's a little, a little better. Hey, yeah, 
<laughs> Richard, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, Samuel in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Samuel, go ahead. Yes, I'm here. Um, thank you very much. Uh, this is the first time I call in because um, names mean so much to me. My name is Samuel. All right, I'm going to give you the I'm going to give you the first time caller fanfare. Oh, I think. <laughs> oh, it's not working. Oh, there we go. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Prophet, prophet, priest, and judge. Prophet, is that what it means? Prophet, priest, and and judge. Asked of God, that's what he was, sorry. Asked of God. That's right, heard of God or asked of God or God has heard. Yeah, Uh, I have a second one too, Theophilus, I got that one too. Oh, you're also Theophilus, so the book of uh, Luke is written to you. Yes, yes, All right. yes, yes. All right. Well, that's yes. really cool. That's really cool. Thank you, Samuel, for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, Maureen in Torrance. Hi, Pastor Scott. Hi. I listen to you all the time. Well, thank you, Maureen. Uh, my, son, my son, David, firstborn, uh, actually was because I liked this boy when I was 10, and his name was David. You named him <laughs> after your grade school crush. Yeah. And, uh, however, you know, I like the name David in the Bible, and I just like the name. It's a great name. It's a great name. Yeah. And then my name, Maureen, um, I was trying to find out why they call— I never asked my parents why they called me that, but then lots of people said, oh, you're probably named after Maureen O'Hara, because my folks lived in England, and I was born in Scotland. (laughs) <laughs> well, it could be. You know, sometimes you find out, if you ever really look in your ancestry, sometimes you find out that the name is a family name, but people kind of forgot that it was a family name, but somehow it got passed down, and you might have a great-grandma or a great-aunt or somebody named Maureen. Well, I haven't seen one. No. Could be. I've seen Mary. I've well, seen you Mary know, well that's the thing, is I looked up your name, and it is a derivative of Mary. Yeah. So it I could be, it could be that. Uh, right. And Maureen is interpreted as beloved or rebellious or wished for a child. So there you go. You could be I can un- pick him too. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Thank you, Maureen, for calling. Uh, Ray in La Mirada, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello. Hello, Pastor Scott. Hi, Ray. Uh, I just wanted to, hi. I wanted to call in when uh, our second son, when we discovered that he was uh, going to be joining our family, I was studying the book of Second Timothy. And uh, my wife and I agreed, let's name him Timothy. And we just are so grateful for Timothy and how he is walking with the Lord. I'm a teacher, and uh, through the years I've collected some unusual names in my of my students. And here we go. These, I'm telling the truth, Pastor Scott. Uh, I had a student named Royalty. Another student through the years, her name was True, T-R-U-E, mm-hmm. simply True. And then, uh, actually, there was a student named Jezebel, and and then today I was in class, and the boy's name was Lucifer. Really? And and then, yes. See, I always think some and, people and pull then, out a biblical name without really reading the story. I know. <laughs> and then, of course, I, I've had some students, and their name is Jesus. Is it and Jesus or Jesus? Yeah, I know Jesus. Uh, his name, he wanted to be called Jesus, and I just I just thought, I hope he knows Jesus as his Savior. But honest, those are just some amazing, un, 
unusual names that have uh, been my some of my students. And I wanted to just pass that on to Thank you. Thank you, Ray. Thanks for calling. I bet that teachers have a lot of, uh, you know, a whole bunch of names that they've come up with. You know some people named Jesus other than the Savior, uh, Wilbert? Oh, I know a bunch of them. <laughs> Jesus, though. All right. So, you know, it's really Joshua, Yeshua, if you really want to start to get technical with Jesus. Funny story. Uh, did I ever tell you my middle name? No. Uh, my middle name is Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N. Uh-huh. Uh, I was named after Stephen Seagal because my dad got to pick my name. Really? Yeah. Wow. You know, good thing your dad, uh, you know, wasn't, uh, like, really into Arnold Schwarzenegger. You could be yeah. Wilbert, Wilbert Schwarzenegger. What's wrong with that? Yeah, or yeah, or Arnold, or one of those things. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a good reason to name your baby Al. Just keep it short. There you go. You know, you know what, uh, everybody? I won't get to your calls, uh, Henry. And it looks like Zenus. Uh, I'm sorry, I won't get to that one. Well, hold on here. I want to get to. Do I have your name right? We only have a few seconds. Is Zenus? Venus, right. like the planet. Oh, Z- Venus, Venus. Wow, your name Venus. Venus. All right. Yes. You, do you like I was your name? Named after the planet. Yes, I do now. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like it growing up because I was teased. Yeah. But it's, it was a special name because my dad uh, was a pastor, but he I almost died as a baby. And so uh, he named me after the star, the brightest star. Uh, so that's why he named that's me. That's cool. I can see how that would be more meaningful as an adult and a and a, such an interesting name. It's a good thing it wasn't Pluto. You know, because that'd be a whole different name there for a planet. It's not even a planet anymore. Venus, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Henry, I won't get to your call. Jesus is going to give you a new name on a white stone when you go to see him in heaven. It's the name that Jesus has for you. You find that in the book of Revelation. I think that's pretty cool. We'll be back with Hour 2 of the Pastor Scott Show in as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.